0: Welcome back to the Mind Your Home podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle. So today I have a pretty full and beefy episode for you. I want to dive into the three important reasons to ditch the clutter now. Now, before I dive in, I do want to let you know that there is a cheat sheet to go along with this episode that will walk you through decluttering your first room. This is a really uh, great and powerful cheat sheet that will show you exactly where to start and how to go about it. And really, this is all about just getting your foot in the door, you know, like just getting started. So I want to show you the best place to get started, how to do it, and, you know, get that ball rolling. You can grab it over at miadanielle.com forward slash cheat sheet. So there are tons of reasons, of course, why living clutter-free is beneficial and more space and time and energy and all of that good stuff. Uh, But I just really want to hone in on the really big guys, like the things that I feel like are the three most powerful Reasons to really get the clutter out and to do it as quickly or as soon as possible. Um, So, if you if you tuned into this episode thinking, "Oh, this is great! I'll get a couple of really quick decluttering tips," or get inspired to clean my kitchen, well, maybe you will. um, But you're not going to get off that easy. We're actually going to really you're going to walk away with some media information about the just the three important reasons, the important reasons to ditch the clutter now. Now. I would definitely say this is probably going to be one of those more vulnerable episodes, um, but I feel like it's really important to help connect these three really important reasons that we're going to be going over today. Um, so let's just go ahead and dive in, all right? So the first important reason to ditch the clutter is support. This, this has always been number one for me, and that's because you may have heard me say in previous blog post episodes or uh, or previous podcast episodes, um, that I do have a history of depression and anxiety and hormonal imbalances and just all anemia, all of these different things that kind of mean that I'm not always able to show up as my best self. And some of you may understand what that feels like, just to have fluctuations in energy to where you know, sometimes your energy can be unpredictable. Sometimes you're not really able to show up as the best best version of yourself that's going to be able to keep up with things and get things done, you know? Um, so there have been periods where I just need to take a lot of downtime and just not be as productive. So for me, whenever I had kids and then became a single mom, they were two and four, I knew immediately that my number one priority was going to have to be creating some kind of a supportive structure inside of our home. Like that was priority numero uno, because I wanted to feel safe and secure. And I wanted them to feel safe and secure. That if for whatever reason, my energy just kind of backed out and disappeared for a while or was running on empty, that I would be able to take that time for myself without everything falling apart around me. You know, I hated the idea of, me having to be 100% at the top of my game, or everything was going to tumble down. That's a that's not a good feeling. Like even if you're somebody who always has your energy topped off, you know, everybody needs to be able to take that space for themselves at some point. So that, you know, when, when I was trying to kind of re-engineer what our life was going to look like now that we were having all these changes, we ended up moving states, um, just everything was changing at once. The the thing that kept popping into my head as a beacon is like, you just, you have to have something that's going to be a support system right here. And I I took that and I started researching and running with it. And that's pretty much what brought me to where I am today. But it was all based on a lifetime of experience knowing myself, knowing what I needed, and knowing that I needed a a place that wasn't going to break just because I needed a break. So I've shared a lot about how that's played out since then. Um, I have a blog post that's called uh, Minimalism and Mental Health, I believe. I'll be sure to link it down in the show notes. But it's basically about my experience with you know, going through bouts of depression here and there or just having moments of low energy or or whatever, you know, just life happening and how, you know, living clutter free has impacted that. Now, I wrote this I wrote this um I think a couple of years back. And so I don't really use the word minimalism anymore. I, I prefer more of a holistic, clutter free approach. My approach has changed over time with the more that I've learned. Um but what everything that I said in that article is still true today. I still feel the impact of having that supportive space whenever I do have times where my energy dips down. Now, I do want to say, like, over the past six or seven years, I haven't hardly had any issues with any of that stuff for the most part. In fact, it had gotten to the point where I forgot what that even was like and I forgot how supportive my space actually even was, because I didn't really feel like I was needing support. You know, you just kind of get in your own flow of things. So a couple of weeks ago, someone told me something that really shook me up. It really... Turn things upside down for me in a very strange way that I haven't experienced in a long time. I can only really describe it as kind of a, a trauma response, you know, where you just you're in shock for a little bit, and then you start going through those, okay, coping and different thought patterns. And it was like that. It was one of those type of life experiences. Everything is fine. Um, you know, that whole time and everything, it's passing, it's fine. Uh, but it, you know, it is something that happened. And What makes it worse is that while I was processing all of this, some of those more medical issues, like hormonal imbalance issues, started coming up. So in the middle of processing all of this stuff, I had to go get hormone injections which I don't know if any of you ladies out there have ever experienced some of the just ups and downs and moods and energy changes that can happen when you get some kind of hormone injection. Um, but <laughs> just just so happens that like, it, it hit me at the wrong time. Um, so while I was recouping from this conversation and information that I was processing, uh, and just kind of like, like getting over the hump to where things were just back to normal, like right then I got this injection and my energy just like bottomed out. Okay, you had that the dark cloud creeping up and all of these things. And I'm self aware enough to know when something is happening to me or when I feel something happening in my body that is off or that is unusual, or when I respond a certain way emotionally or start having certain thoughts, I'm I'm self aware enough out of probably years of experience to know when that is something else when it's not really how I'm feeling. It's not really how I'm thinking, but it's something else. But at the same time, I'm still going through those things. So, you know, that means getting a lot more rest, sleeping more than usual, not feeling motivated or productive, not feeling like I have the energy or the willpower to do certain things that I was doing before. But here's the thing. Nothing fell apart. You know, I, I felt comfortable with what was going to go on in my house, you know, like with what was going to go on with my kids, I felt comfortable that the house was going to stay put together. Uh, I mean, of course, you know, there are kids and there are people who live here and we have a dog and things get messy sometimes. But nothing has fallen apart. You know, it's like everything is still okay. There, There's not crap all over the place. I'm not fearing like hours and days of recouping that I'm gonna have to do around the house because I haven't been keeping up with things as much. You know, this is it's exactly what I'm talking about when I say that going clutter-free allows you to have that supportive space. It allows you to take that time for yourself. Now you can go even further with really programming and creating those supportive spaces and that supportive environment that gives you what you need for each activity that you're doing. And you can really go into To creating an even more like super supportive space, which is what I teach inside of Clutter Cure. Part of what I teach there is about creating a space that is supportive for you, not just creating an empty space, you know, like with no clutter, but creating a space that's actually supportive for you. Um, So... We're not just talking about emergency support only. It's just that, you know, with that being a a recent experience, I feel like every time I have an experience that's similar to that, an experience where I'm feeling really like extraordinarily drained or a little lower mood for some reason or, you know, just whenever I have those times, it's like it revives this appreciation for the support that I get from my space, if that makes sense. So if you've been around long, then you know that my motto is that your home should be your greatest support system. It should support you in everything that you set out to do. And if you're not using it like that, then you're missing out on a huge opportunity. So that's the first reason. That's to me the number one most important reason to ditch the clutter now. The second is freedom. And this is what most people are searching for. Whenever they start looking at getting rid of the clutter or decluttering areas, they're really looking for freedom. They want more space, right? You want more time to be able to do other things than just keeping up with your house. Or, you know, you just want to have more energy to do something that's not laundry or dishes related. You know, Um, this this is what most people are searching for. Now, freedom can look very different to a lot of people. For me, like years ago, I would have explained or defined freedom as being that feeling when you walk out of a job that you hate for the last day, knowing that that is the last time you are ever going to have to breathe in the air of that place or be at that place at all. I've experienced this a few times with a few like minor jobs I've had in my life where you just walk out the door of that building and you know Ooh, done with that. Like I don't have to go back there again. Um that that would have been like the epitome of the feeling of freedom. Now, I would say that freedom for me is the feeling of having a really good cup of caramel coffee and sitting somewhere by a window in a chair that doesn't have a bunch of stuff on it and just really being able to sit and look out the window and enjoy that cup of coffee without like with that with an unburdened mind, basically, without um without feeling oppressed by the stuff around me, or without feeling oppressed by the thoughts of all of the things that I'm gonna have to do that day that I don't wanna do that I do every other day, you know? Like just being able to enjoy it with a clear mind. That to me is like a little painted picture of freedom. But I mean, maybe freedom to you would be just having more space to breathe, you know, just being able to walk around your house without stepping or tripping on anything, um, not having to look for stuff every other hour because you can't find it or you don't remember where you put it and it's buried in something else, you know, like that in itself is freeing when you don't have that anymore, when you know where stuff is, when you know everything's taken care of, when, you know, like, you know that... You don't have to sit there and obsess about things that are happening happening around you. You're able to just kind of check out and recenter and take a deep breath and whatever it is that you need to do. Like to me, that is freedom. Enjoying life instead of cleaning up after it all the time. But you know, having fewer responsibilities can also be very freeing and that's true for kids too. I've actually used this example before in one of my course lessons about uh, if you bought your kid a puppy. And you said, okay, but you're going to, you need to take responsibility for this puppy. You need to take care of it. Make sure that it goes out to the bathroom, make sure it gets food and water and doesn't have accidents and all of that. You know, your kids, you know, they're excited. Yay, it's a puppy. Now there's a good chance, depending on the age of the kid, that they're going to be able to handle that and feel really good and confident and go above and beyond with that one puppy. Now, What if you bought them five puppies at the same time? They've never had a puppy before, but here are five puppies, and you tell them the same thing. You're responsible for taking it out to the bathroom, feeding it, watering it, making sure it gets love and attention, all these different things. You know, they're not going to really be able to do a very good job of taking care of all five of those puppies, first of all. So even if they didn't feel overwhelmed, it's a lot of responsibility having to do the same thing for five different puppies than it would just to do it for one puppy. And well, we do that a lot with stuff. Now, obviously stuff is not quite as intensive. Most things at least are not quite as intensive as like raising another animal. But we do that on a much smaller scale and larger scale, I guess, if you're talking about quantity, because what we do is so often shower our kids with like so many things. To be responsible for. And then when you say, okay, go clean your room, you wonder like, why is this never clean? Why are they not able to, you know, like put all of the things back in this toy box and on the shelf and all these places where it goes. And the reason is because it's just too overwhelming. It's too much stuff for them to be responsible for. And in that way, getting rid of some of the things to get down to the the belongings that they really enjoy playing with anyway, because most kids only actually play with like 20% of their toys 80% of the time, right? The old 80-20 rule. If you get down to just the 20 that they really love and you get rid of all that excess, then now all of a sudden they're able to be more responsible for their space. They're able to build that confidence in their ability to take care of their own space, and they're gonna experience freedom in relation to that space. So it really, it applies to kids, it applies to adults, um, and freedom is honestly probably the most obvious reason to get rid of the clutter. Now, the third reason is a little less obvious, and that reason is growth. So the third most important reason to ditch the clutter is growth. This one is a little trickier, I guess, to understand, and I think that probably one of the best examples that I have is with one of my students named Elle. Now, Elle was a software engineer who loved her job. In fact, she was looking to go back for more certifications. Um, One of the reasons that she was wanting to get the clutter out was to make room and time uh, in her schedule to be able to devote to all the work she would need to put in to getting this next level degree that she was wanting to get. And she also had a seven-year-old daughter and was married. Now, when she came to me, her things that she was looking for, her goals were very clear. She knew exactly what she was wanting. She wanted to be able to spend more time with her daughter and her husband uh, without having to pick up after them all the time. Um, She wanted to be able to go back to school for this Certification and software engineering that she was really excited about, couldn't wait to dive in. But she knew that she needed to create the space for that. And part of her process of creating the space for that was to get rid of a lot of the stuff that was taking up her time. At the time, which was her clutter. She knew that in order to be able to grow, especially in the direction she was wanting to grow, she was going to have to cut back somewhere else. And she was able to identify that her clutter was going to be the most efficient place to start. So pruning, you know, when you prune a bush or a tree or something, um, it allows the tree to actually grow and to grow stronger and to grow in the directions that you're wanting it to grow, giving more life and more of the nutrients to the, the branches that are actually bearing fruit and providing. So that's really what pruning is all about. And that's one of the ways that really getting the clutter out can help you to expansively grow in a bunch of different areas. It just depends on where you're willing to invest the time that you make space for, or the space that you make space for. Because sometimes in just creating the space, like emptying out an area that's not, you know, like it's dead, nobody goes in that space anymore, nobody's using any of that stuff. And now it's just kind of a clutter bomb, right? Removing and emptying out and just creating an empty space in that zone opens that space up for something else, something new to sprout, something a lot of times that you haven't even thought of yet, because you didn't have the space to think of it, right? Um, It's kind of like what they say about boredom, that it's actually good to allow your brain to go into some kind of a bored state sometimes, because that's when new ideas come. That's when like, things that you don't normally think of in your daily routine that you're not normally distracting yourself with, these other thoughts will come and you'll start getting more creative thoughts and new ideas. Um, It's kind of the same thing. Sometimes when you create a space for something, something new that you haven't even thought of or considered yet is able to then come in and claim that space. And you have no clue what that Is going to potentially be. It could be, you know, having extra space to move your body that dominoes out into some whole new health regimen and you entering the healthiest years of your life. Or it could be, you know, that you just clear out an office to the bare bones. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're sitting there tinkering around one day and you get inspiration for a new book to write, or a new business to start on. You just there's no telling what ideas can come when they have the space to form and to grow. Another interesting thing to think about Uh, And speaking of, you know, the growth that can come when you get the clutter out is something that in the book, The Power of Habits, um, the author calls keystone habits. So what's interesting is, and a lot of the studies that they've done on just people and their habits, people who have quit habits in one area, and, um, and then been able to really transform their lives or, or just completely have a big transformation, okay, in more areas than just the change they initially started with. So they study these people, and they found that when somebody makes a positive change in one area of their life, for example, they quit smoking, um, then all of a sudden, that habit, that that one changed habit starts to domino out and impact other areas. So they found that people who have clutter free spaces, also tended to have better finances, and also tended to have better health. And all of these things were kind of related, but not not really related, you know, and what they believe is the cause is that, first of all, your brain starts to remap. When you're successful in one area, your brain starts to feel more confident and starts to reevaluate what's possible and what's not possible or what's what feels good and what doesn't feel good. So a lot of people, when they go through getting their home in order and getting the clutter out and creating spaces that make them feel amazing, aside from the positive benefits of now just having an inspiring and motivating space, um, just just the act of making that positive change in itself is a keystone habit that leads to other positive life changes. So it's really interesting to look into, you know, just making a positive change in one area, how it can really exponentially amplify other areas. This is something that I also kind of nerd out on inside of Clutter Cure, how you can tap into these other areas of your life that you wouldn't necessarily think are related to your clutter, but you can tap into those to really help to uh, empower you and to have more powerful results inside of your space. So growth can actually come from many different areas and many different points uh, from having and creating that clutter-free space. And you just growth for, for being able to free up time to invest in other things that you're wanting to grow in, that whole pruning process. Also, just the growth that comes from opening up space and allowing new things to sprout, new ideas. And then the growth that comes just from the act of making a positive change based on those keystone habits and how that can just, you know, change things down to your beliefs and the structure of your brain and all of the things that lead people to living different, better lives. Of my years of helping other people go through creating these spaces themselves and of just being a human who has had my own personal life experience with my space and with trying different methods of being clutter free. These are the three biggest, most important reasons benefits really that I see come up over and over again. This is like the core and the heart of the changes that you're really wanting to have when you go through the process of getting the clutter out of your house. You know, it's not about just having a prettier space, or having a, you know, a space that that looks nicer to other people or impresses other people, or feeling necessarily even put together all the time. It's not it's not about like perfectionism and being pristine. It's really about the deeper core that helps you to grow, that gives you more freedom, and that makes you feel secure and supported on a regular basis. So I really want to urge you to get started on your first room. It all starts with just a couple of tiny baby steps, and I've created a cheat sheet for you to make it super easy. You can grab that at miadanielle.com forward slash Cheat sheet. It's called Declutter Your First Room, and it will show you exactly where to start and how to dive in with getting just that first room under your belt. I'm really excited for you to take a look at it and dive in. Please feel free to let me know what you think. Um, And also, if you have not yet left a review for the Mind Your Home podcast, please go do so now. I love to hear your feedback. I would love to hear anything that you've gained from listening to these episodes or anything that you would like to hear more of in the future. I'll catch you next week and you have a great day.